0: the truth news network from the world's bastion of freedom come new levels of repression suppression and silencing of true speech driven by a government of the people by the people and for the people i don't think so so how does the truth avoid being a casualty it finds an ally
1: the truth news network
0: And your conductor on this Underground Railroad is Dan Newman. More and more, I'm finding it difficult to find people in leadership around this globe that are trustworthy, that are honest, and deserve our respect and our support. And you know what? I think that teaches each of us. We must be cautious. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to TNN Live. I know I may sound a little bit negative, but not at all. What I'm doing is saying, listen, we've got to be careful. We've got to be very cautious about who we give our support to, our respect to, and our loyalty to. Why is that? Because if we don't, we're going to get caught in some nasty situations almost every time. If it looks like it, could be suspect, no matter if it's a relationship with someone, if it's somebody, uh, if it's some institution. Let those warning bells, let those ring when they ring and pay attention to them. I got to be honest with you. I, I always, almost always, trust my first impression about people. I mean, think about it. We grow up associating with people. We learn how to deal with people. We deal with people every day who are completely opposite of other people. So trust all that you've learned through your life when you were able to discern between good and evil, bad, positive, negative. When you learned all of those things, you learned them for a reason, and that's to create a layer of protection so that you don't get involved in nasty situations or in relationships with nasty people. No, nothing is bad happening to me right now regarding relationships with others. But what we are seeing is more and more people we have been told to trust. We have been told they're trustworthy only to find out in our personal relationships that's not true. Now, whether those who told us those people and circumstances are okay to trust and get involved with, whether they knew that they weren't or not, that's a different story. But what we must do is take care of ourselves first so that we can more than capably, we can take care of others that are entrusting themselves to you and me. We got to look out for each other. That's the bottom line. I mean, I I run into people almost daily that have been just jacked around and screwed by somebody that they got involved with in some honest way. And it's in every kind of thing you can imagine. Personal relationships, business relationships, church relationships. Just because somebody looks like they're good, looks trustworthy, seems to be trustworthy, And I'm going to say something that might offend a few of you, just because you think they're trustworthy doesn't mean they really are. Same thing holds true the other way around. One thing you can know about me and one thing those of you who know me know about me, I'm very cautious because my trust is valuable to me and I want to make sure that all of the trust I have, I put it in the right places. And another thing is I believe God directs us. And if we'll ask God before we enter into agreements, contracts, relationships, ask God to show us any of the bad, any of the potential pitfalls before we get in them so that we can make sure to the best of our ability we're not messing up when we do it. Think back when you like, wouldn't it it have been good for you if you had learned this lesson 20, 30, 40 years ago before you entered into some really bad stuff. I've been down that road. I've been smoked a bunch. I think, without question, most of us have. And it wasn't because we were stupid. It was because we were trusting. We believed that the people we interacted with regarding these relationships were trustworthy. And when we find out the hard way they weren't, we tend to just close ourselves in. That's not the answer either. The answer is to walk into every circumstance with your eyes wide open instead of our eyes wide shut. Most everybody I'm talking to, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's the way life happens. Well, what a way to start the day today together, right? (laughs) It's Wednesday, first day of Christmas month, Hanukkah month. I'm so glad you chose to share it with us here at TNN Live. We have a very special show today. We've got many things in the first hour we've got to get right into. We'll do that second in just a second. But I want to tell you the second hour, Dunstan Teo is going to join us and he's going to spend all or at least most of the second hour of the show today, breaking down the current realities of the crypto world. And he and I had a conversation about this several days ago. And I wanted him to specifically come aboard and teach us all about what's going on with that FTX, that exchange, that crypto exchange, and it falling apart all of a sudden over the last couple of months. And explain what all that means, how it happened, and how if we get into it, some of us already are, but if we get deep into it, we're going to know what's going on and how to handle it. He's also going to break open some of the glass that's been surrounding FTX, and there are a lot of people that are involved in it, a lot of names that you're going to recognize. So let me just say this, there's a lot more there than we think is there, and it involves some people that uh, you're going to recognize, and many of you will be shocked, as I was when I first heard about it. Dunstan Teo will be here, hour number two. Make some phone calls right now, and get your friends, some people that you know are interested in finding out what's going on in the crypto finance world, and get them aboard, listening, especially the second hour today. And as always, after the show is over, if you miss it, all are part of it, you'll be able to go to your favorite podcast hosting site and grab TNN Live. You can do it every day after each show. Every show we've done over the last three years is in the storage pots of these podcast hosting sites like uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcast. And the list goes on and on and on. So you'll be able to grab it there. And it will say in the title of this particular show, in parentheses, Dustin Teo joined us for the second hour. So what do we have to get into in our first hour? We do have some things I want to discuss with you. Let me just tell you what's making my skin crawl almost every day. It appears to me more and more daily that this administration is in the bed with China. Now, I just cut right to it, didn't I? It seems like President Biden and his administration are just coddling Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party. What is that all about? Well, on Wednesday's broadcast of the Fox News Channel, the story, White House National Security Coordinator, you know him as admiral john kirby he responded to apple now listen to this kirby responded to apple limiting the airdrop file sharing feature in china you know what that's all about those protesters in the street the government is trying to shut them down they're arresting some i mean we're talking about hundreds of thousands of chinese people and how do these protesters communicate with each other to know exactly what's going on They're using their iPhones, and they're using AirDrop. Well, China has figured out a way to intercept AirDrop on their iPhones, and they had to do it through Apple. Apple, an American company, is coordinating directly with the Chinese Communist Party to abridge the communication power of all these protesters. Kirby stated, quote, Look, in general, and we've been clear about this all around the world, we want individual citizens, no matter what government they live under, to be able to communicate freely and openly, transparently and reliably. And we've made that clear with respect to Iran. And we certainly continue to make that clear here with respect to China. Apple's a private company, they have to make decisions, they have to speak for those decisions. But here at the White House, here in the administration, we want to see that individual citizens, whether they're protesting or not, but in this case, I know that's the context we're talking about, are able to communicate freely and openly. So Martha McCallum on Fox News, she asked Kirby this, but why not say something to Apple? because we were just told the other day that the White House is keeping an eye on Elon Musk and Twitter. So why would you say that from the podium and not call Apple out for helping the Chinese government suppress their own people's ability to communicate with each other? Kirby's answer, again, I think we've been very clear and consistent on this. Certainly publicly, we've been very open about our desires to be able to see citizens communicate. And Apple, if this is a decision that they're making, then they should have to speak to that. But we're not, we can't, and we aren't in the business of telling private companies how to execute their initiatives. McCallum interrupted one more time. Yeah, but Twitter's a private company too. So why is Twitter getting one treatment and Apple getting another Kirby answered, well, those are completely two different circumstances. You're talking about the potential for perhaps foreign investment and involvement in the management of Twitter. That's a different issue than what we're talking about here, which is a business decision by Apple with respect to how one of their applications is being utilized. Every day, we see and hear somebody from the Biden administration, come out here and refuse to chastise China for their egregious actions to their own citizens. Almost every other first world country, the leaders in those countries, have already come out and made it very clear. They stand with those people from China that are in the streets protesting, and they want them to be able to protest freely. France, Canada, the UK, Shanghai, all of these entities have come out and blasted Xi Jinping's Chinese Communist Party government and has told them, we stand with the people of China, but the United States won't do that. Now, if you're out there and you're listening and you've got an answer why, I'd love to hear about it. You can just drop me an email, dan at truthnewsnet.org, or you can simply pick up the phone and give me a call. We'll talk live on the air, 1-866-37-TRUTH, one 866 378 7884 our government is not doing what it is supposed to do what it says it stands for we are not taking on the bully that is bullying their own people literally we've seen china kill people just because they're protesting dragging them to prison just because they're protesting why can't joe biden come out and say we stand with the people of china if that's what we do, I think maybe, oh, maybe, what should be said right now, Joe Biden, we should quote him saying, I'm going to stand with Xi Jinping because I'm obligated. You don't think for a second this administration not doing it doesn't make it look more and more like most Americans have thought for a long, long time? Joe Biden is obligated to Xi Jinping and China, whether it comes through the Hunter Biden business dealings that this president has disavowed, he even knew anything about, let alone be involved in them, whether it's from that or if he's just feckless or afraid of the tyrant that runs the nation of China. He needs to come clean. He's either a leader of the freest country on the planet And as the leader of the freest country on the planet, he supports the freedom and rights for the citizens of every country on the planet, or he doesn't. Honesty. Tell us the truth, Mr. President. Yesterday, he boasted during a speech about ordering releases from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. One more time, he's bragging about it across the country. The common price at the pump is two ninety nine dollars a gallon. It's much higher here, and the prices continue to go down. This isn't accidental, Biden said during a speech in Michigan. We've been on this for months, remember? I got criticized in the face of Putin using energy as a weapon. It took some decisive action. I ordered the largest ever release from the Petroleum Reserve, 180 million barrels of oil. And I rallied our international partners to come up with their fair share as well. That helped put pressure, downward pressure, on the price because we're producing more gas that helps stabilize crude oil markets and reduce prices at the pump. Now, he did release a significant amount of oil from our strategic oil preserves, which is not what they were for, incidentally. They were to be used, structured, and have been in the past used for internal disasters. Things like fires, rampant fires, hurricanes, floods, tornadoes. He sold 5 million of those barrels to China, of all places, once again. Is he obligated there? Boy, he has left it. He has lost it on this union strike thing. He just plainly came out basically and dropped the workers of these railroads. He just dropped them in the mud. He's basically saying, I'm Pontius Pilate. You know, when Jesus was brought before him, Pontius Pilate ceremoniously had them bring out a pail of water, and he washed his hands in that pail of water and said, I'm washing my hands of responsibility for anything to do with this pending union strike, and he tossed it over to Congress. Joe Biden blew it. That's what Railroad Workers Union Treasurer Hugh Sawyer said yesterday. He had the opportunity to prove his labor-friendly pedigree to millions of workers just by asking Congress for legislation to end the threat of a national strike on terms that would be more favorable to workers. Sadly, he couldn't bring himself to advocate for a lousy handful of six days. Sick days. Biden's conflict with the unions, it comes after he promised them during his campaign back in 2020, he would be the strongest labor president you've ever had. The Brotherhood of Maintenance of Way Employees, a Teamster railworkers affiliate, said it is deeply disappointed that our president would not back the union strike to fight for paid sick days. A national strike could cost the U.S. two billion dollars a day. That's according to the Association of American Railroads. The House voted yesterday to intervene in the labor dispute and avert a strike pending Senate approval. Congress will also vote on a separate measure that would grant rail workers seven paid sick days. Joe Biden could have resolved this himself personally. He could have done what he promised he would do when he was campaigning. Go figure, a Democrat running for office makes a campaign promise that he won't fulfill when it comes up while he is in the elected position that those he promised that to voted for him to do. They believed he was telling the truth when he promised Joe wasn't telling the truth. I know that shocks a lot of you, and it makes some of you angry, but facts are facts. But let me tell you what he's doing. He's really getting loose with your tax dollars on international items. He vowed this week earlier to provide Ukraine with 53 million more dollars. After we've given them 50-60 billion, hey, what's another 53 million? What's that for? To help Ukraine acquire critical electric grid equipment in the middle of those repeated missile attacks from Russia. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, he announced the funding during a meeting with NATO allies in um, on Tuesday. This equipment will be rapidly delivered to Ukraine on an emergency basis to help Ukrainians preserve through the winter. This supply package will include distribution of transformers, circuit breakers, surge arresters, disconnectors, vehicles, and other key equipment. Russian forces have conducted a string of attacks on Ukraine's energy infrastructure since October, and that is the justification for Joe Biden sending no more money. Don't you think it's a little premature? Don't you feel like $53 million would be throwing good money after bad? Because what's going to happen? Russia hadn't stopped shooting the missiles. They're going to go after principally the destruction of the power grid to kneecap the Ukrainian people and the Ukrainian government, and so we're going to go over there and throw $53 million and they're just going to destroy what we rebuild with the $53 million? I got to be honest with you. I'm just going to say what I feel I am confident is going on. This money that we're spending, the money we're sending to Ukraine, is coming off the backs of the American people. The government doesn't have that money. The only way this government gets money is if they get it from us. So how do they get it from us? They're going to the bank and borrowing fifty-three million and they're signing it a uh, payback pledge by the people of the US. It's a slush money operation. You heard me right. I believe I have heard, been told, I'm not seen, but I have heard and been told of credible verification that most of the money that's going to Vladimir Zelensky is not being used as it was supposed to be used. We shouldn't be surprised for that to be true. For years, Ukraine has been known as the most corrupt nation in all of Europe and all of Asia for that matter. even if it's not being siphoned away no credible person looking at what's happening there can maintain that it's okay to spend that 53 million why simply because it's not going to last even if it gets into the reproduction of all or part of their power grid because Russia I, I'm I'm this story came out of a Epoch Share story release epoch is a worldwide news agency vladimir putin's reading this story and so what's he gonna do Uh uh-huh they're gonna spend all that u.s. money on that grid we'll just continue to blow it apart with our missiles we'll give them a few weeks to get started and then we'll go after it again that's logical But the pieces don't fit as to why we would continue to throw good money down a hole after bad money. And I think a large part, if not a great part of the money the U.S. has sent over there, it's for graft and corruption. And it's not getting into the actual war activities that are going on. We don't hear the stories about any other Ukrainian allies sending them money like we are. It's like we're the ones that have to step out in front. A good leader in the U.S., a Donald Trump in the U.S., he would put together a consensus of a number of allies that would be working unified to do whatever is right and best for Ukraine, and there would be agreement among all these nations' leaders. Not so with Joe Biden. Not show, not so with Ukraine. That's for sure. It's just hey, Dow, Dow, Joe, Joe for dollars. If you got a problem around the nation and you agree to do something with quid pro quo, Joe, just pick up the phone and call him. He'll work with you.
2: I pass through the trees I leave behind the mountains I weave in the air I fly over the birds and I wish when I complete my journey I leave behind a better world Honda Civic Hybrid India's first hybrid car with Ivy Tech engine leave behind a better world
3: Hi, I'm Jet Williams. Even though I never knew my father, Hank Williams, his legacy taught me the meaning of lending a helping hand. That's why I support the Orphan Foundation of America. OFA is committed to providing education, mentoring, and a workplace readiness for thousands of teens aging out of the foster care system. With the help of OFA's support programs, these young people can go to college and trade school, graduate, and make the leap from foster care to success. To learn how you can help, visit orphan.org.
5: too much spin on your
0: plate? How about a diet of truth? The Truth News Network sets your table. And here again to serve it up is Dan Newman. Oil, oil, oil. That's the 900-pound gorilla on everybody's desk today. Gasoline, diesel. It just seems like every day if we're right at the breaking point where it's going to fall to pieces and we're going to be without the ability to conduct our normal transportation operations. And I'm I'm not just talking about the railroad. That is a big deal right now. But I'm talking about every other kind of transportation, personal transportation, corporate transportation, the airlines industry. All of that is under fire. And instead of Joe Biden getting with it, getting jiggy with the leaders of these oil companies in the United States, who the heck does he choose to get involved with <laughs> Venezuela of all nations? And this one just blows my mind. He says it's Chevron, but Chevron, no company, you know, can go just do business. No American company in Venezuela because of government, U S government actions against Venezuela. Chevron, I promise you, is doing what they're doing at the behest of the White House. Once again, it's Joe Biden's White House. What the heck is going on with this? Newt Gingrich waved in. Listen to Newt give the reasonings that he's certain of. For Joe Biden to do this.
4: President Biden facing backlash as he turns to Venezuela for oil, easing sanctions on the communist country over human rights violations.
1: A Wall Street Journal op ed putting it this way, quote, the U.S. government thinks you're a fool. Yep. And not only because it waited until Americans were en route to grandma's house for Thanksgiving to let news slip of a deal to increase heavy crude output from joint ventures controlled by a dictatorship or that it expects. You to believe venezuela is considering a return to free ex- elections in exchange which was part of the deal
6: and our next guest agrees fox news contributor and author of the great book defeating big government socialism newt gingrich joins us now good morning good morning good morning, good morning. what do you think about this turning now um, to venezuela uh, for oil
7: well look i think that the just one more anti-american act act by the Biden administration. Uh, you know, Texas doesn't have a dictatorship problem. North Dakota doesn't have a dictatorship problem. Western Pennsylvania doesn't have a dictatorship problem. Why is it that the place they select to buy more oil happens to have a dictatorship? And by the way, the idea that he's going to give up the dictatorship because Biden lets him pump oil is just silly. Uh, but watch them with Iran, watch them with Saudi Arabia. He's now forgiven. The Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia for the killing of a journalist because he wants the oil. Uh, Again and again, you see the Biden administration make decisions which hurt Americans. They've also been going around the world promising to give away billions of dollars to dictatorships in the name of climate change. But these are dictatorships that are corrupt and that we have no reason to believe American taxpayers owe them a penny. So there's a continuing process here. Of weakening America and finding a way to help dictators.
4: So if you look at what uh, Maduro has done, he jails everybody, tortures people, uh, brutal attacks on demonstrators. This guy's a communist, studied under Castro. Uh, he uh, wiped out all the free press and he nationalized all. THESE GOVERNMENT ENTITIES, WHICH BROUGHT THE COUNTRY TO ITS KNEES. HE'S MADE ALLIANCES WITH IRAN, RUSSIA, AND CHINA. AND BASICALLY IS TRYING TO INFECT ALL OF CENTRAL AND SOUTH AMERICA. AND NOW WE'RE BASICALLY SAYING, NEWT, IT IS OKAY. JUST LIKE WE'RE BACKING THE BRAZILIAN LEADER WHO WAS MENTORED BY CASTRO. IT IS OKAY.
7: WE'RE GIVING AWAY OUR WHOLE HEMISPHERE. LOOK, I MEAN, the, THE BIDEN ADMINISTRATION, I THINK, wants A WEAKER AND WEAKER AMERICA, AND IS WILLING TO uh, FACILITATE AND HELP DICTATORS AROUND THE WORLD. Uh, YOU'LL NOTICE THAT THEY HAVE NOT INTERVENED ON BEHALF OF THE IRANIAN DEMONSTRATORS, FOR EXAMPLE. Uh, YOU KNOW, AND and THAT THEIR WHOLE POLICY ON NATURAL GAS AND OIL uh, VERGES ON INSANE. Uh, WE COULD BE SUPPLYING WESTERN EUROPE WITH A HUGE VOLUME OF AMERICAN NATURAL GAS, WHICH WOULD BRING US MONEY, WHICH WOULD STRENGTHEN WESTERN EUROPE, WHICH WOULD WEAKEN RUSSIA. WE'RE NOT DOING ANY OF THAT. And the result is that Europe, Western Europeans this winter are going to face a very severe problem. Uh, and I think our, their relationship with us is going to weaken just because of the pain level.
1: Yeah. You know, Newt, the way we got uh, them to the negotiating table was we said, OK, uh, the whole idea was we can restore, help restore Chevron to start pumping oil down there in a larger way. But part of the negotiation was that billions of frozen... Uh, dollars for humanitarian aid would be released to Venezuela. With Maduro in charge, how much of that money is actually going to get to the people who need it?
7: Well, this is a problem we've had in North Korea. It's a problem you have anywhere you have a dictatorship. Uh, THE DICTATOR MAKES SURE, FIRST OF ALL, THAT HIS SECRET POLICE AND HIS MILITARY GET THE BULK OF THE MONEY. HIS CRONIES, HIS FRIENDS GET THE BULK OF THE MONEY. SOME OF IT TRICKLES DOWN TO THE POOR. BUT, but AGAIN, HERE'S ANOTHER EXAMPLE, JUST AS WITH JOHN KERRY IN IRAN DURING THE OBAMA YEARS. Uh, where you've got a willingness to give away billions to a dictator who has not changed, yep. who is not in any way pro democracy, uh, and who is totally unreliable. I, th- I think these people think we're fools, and they and around the world there must be this dictators' club where they call each other and say, "Did you see what the dumb Americans <laughs> just did? Why don't you try something?" I mean, really. Uh, if, if if I was a dictator somewhere around the world, I'd be trying to figure out how to get money out of the U.S. because Biden seems eager to shovel it out. Dictator Club.
4: Mm. We uh, right. we we recognize Thanks, Juan Guaido. We told everybody to recognize Juan Guaido, and then we wanted to do this deal with Maduro. It's unbelievable. We are just a country without ethics. All of a sudden,
1: Newt. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank well, you, Mr. Speaker.
0: Thank
6: you. Uh, pick right. up his book for Christmas. It's Defeating Big Government Socialism.
0: It is unquestionable that there is something going on, bubbling underneath the surface of the operations of this White House. The things they're doing, the deals they're cutting, and the things that they're stopping from happening show there's something going on that is egregiously pushing down on the people of our nation at the behest of these dictators from other countries. Can you believe Joe Biden? Can you believe any American president would not come out and say publicly, we stand with the free people of China that are in the streets protesting just for simple, basic freedom. He won't do it. He won't allow anybody in his administration to do it or to say say that, not do anything, but just say that. We stand for freedom. And when John Kirby comes out, when Corinne Jean-Pierre comes out, you can almost see in their eyes what they're saying publicly is scripted by someone else, somewhere else, and they're not to in any way say one negative thing about Venezuela now, China, the Saudi Arabia prince that slaughtered Khashoggi, that journalist. You can't even mention them anymore. The, the people of Iran. Oh my gosh, Joe Biden, he's been in the tank for Iran. The eight years he served as vice president under Barack Obama, they were totally in the tank for Iran. Now you put all those together, Venezuela, Iran, communist China. It looks like there's something there that is real, and it's not good. And we're not getting any answers out of the White House. The right questions are being asked. No answers at all being forthcoming. That should spook you if you're an American. Now, here we are. December's a great month, but almost every year, what else is included in the month of December? We're going to run out of government spending we're not going to have money to spend to pay all of our bills. We've got to borrow more money. Congress has got to pass a bill, send it to the White House for signature that will allow our government to borrow more money on which to operate. Give them another blank check. That's what it's about. Senator. Marsha Blackburn, a Republican from Tennessee, she spoke to Breitbart News yesterday as congressional leaders are continuing to D.C., running out of time. They're negotiating whether to push through an omnibus spending bill or a continuing resolution to fund the government. However, Tennessee conservatives said many Republicans would prefer using one of those continuing resolutions that would keep Necessary government spending levels at the same level. Blackburn said, if we do an omnibus spending bill, it could spike spending and lead to guess what? More inflation. Here's her explanation. My understanding is that there are discussions that are going on as to whether it's going to be a year-long CR, that stands for continuing resolution, or a short-term CR, or an omnibus. Many of us would prefer to see the similar approach and not have all of the additional spending. One thing we do know is if you continue to pile on more government spending, what you're doing is increasing inflation, and it's going to make it even more difficult to pull out of it. Her interview follows Senator Mike Braun, a Republican of Indiana, Mike Lee, Republican of Utah, Ted Cruz of Texas, Rick Scott of Florida. Expressing the need to pass a short term continuing resolution to fund the government until Republicans take back the House in January. They all wrote a letter to Senate Majority Leader, Minority Leader, excuse me, Mitch McConnell. Said this on November 8, 2022, the American people made their voices heard at the ballot box using the Democrat process. Millions of Americans sent a message. They want divided power in D.C. to curb the worst excess of both parties. The undersigned stand with the voters. We believe it would be both imprudent and a reflection of poor leadership for Republicans to ignore the will of the American people and rubber stamp an omnibus spending bill that funds 10 more months of President Biden's agenda without any check on his reckless policies that have led to a 40-year high inflation. Since taking office, President Biden has overseen a $4.8 trillion increase in the deficit, costing the average American household an estimated $753 more each month. It should be up to the new Congress to set spending priorities for the remainder of this fiscal year. Senate conservatives added, No additional spending. No additional policy priorities should be included. Any urgent items that require the Senate's attention should be considered separately and under their own terms. You hear Mike Johnson, Congressman Mike Johnson, you hear him on this show at least a couple of times every month. And he's one huge proponent for the government to go back on both sides of the the Capitol that's the Senate and the House of Representatives, both sides go back for legislation consideration to what's called regular order. How does regular order work? Somebody wants to present a bill. How do they present a bill? Well, now it goes to the Speaker of the House, and on the Senate side, it goes to the majority leader. They have the sole authority to determine whether that bill will be accepted to be considered and then to be assigned to the appropriate committee or committees where they can uh, analyze them and break them apart, make a determination, debate them, offer an opportunity to amend some of these bills, and at the end of it, in in the committees, the committees, if they decide even after they've amended it, debated it exhaustively, whether it deserves to go to the full Senate or to the full House for consideration there. We don't do that anymore. There's no debate. There's no tearing bills apart. We're now into voting on bills that nobody that votes on them knows what they contain. They just cram a bunch of stuff into a bill and they tell you, they cherry pick the things in the bill, the hundreds and hundreds of pages of these omnibus bills. They just cherry pick little bits and pieces of what's in there to make you feel good about voting for them famously, or maybe we should say infamously back when Obamacare was going back and forth. Will we do it? Won't we do it? House Majority Leader Nancy Pelosi got up in front of the nation and said, we've got to pass the bills so we can find out what's in the bill. And that's exactly what they did. Pretty much that's the way Congress is running now under Democrat control. We're not going to give you any of the details. We're not going to give you any opportunity to look at this stuff and debate it. Come up with amendments. The regular order that Congress is supposed to be run by. And we, the people, we don't have any say-so. We don't know about this stuff until after it's passed. And sometimes it's only months later that we find out what really are in these bills that we thought were going to be good for the American people. They're good for somebody. Every one of them is. But it's not necessarily good for the people we're told it was created to be good for. Let me give you an example. The student loan forgiveness debacle that Joe Biden has created, and he created it to get votes on Election Day. That's the only reason he did it. He's now suffered another black eye from another court. A federal appeals court gave Joe a sock in the face in his plan to cancel $400 billion in student loan debt. Three judges of the 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans declined to put a pause on a Texas judge's ruling that Biden's forgiveness plan is unlawful. U.S. District Judge Mark Pittman, based in Fort Worth, ruled on November 10th against the student debt relief program in a lawsuit by a conservative advocacy group. The 5th Circuit judges declined yesterday to put Pittman's ruling on hold while the administration appealed his decision but did direct that the appeal be heard on an expedited basis. The Texas judge's decision is one of two nationally that has prevented the U.S. Department of Education from moving forward with granting relief to tens of millions of borrowers as part of Biden's promise to help relieve student loan debt. Biden announced in August the government would forgive up to 10 grand in student loan debt for borrowers making less than $10,500 a year or $250,000 for married couples. Students who got Pell Grants to benefit lower-income college students will have up to 20 dollars of their debt canceled. He also announced at the time the supposed last extension of the student loan moratorium which has since been extended until this coming summer as long as the president's relief plan remains in limbo. The administration has looked to the Supreme Court to lift an order by the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals in St. Louis that barred the Department of Education from canceling student loans after a lawsuit was brought by six Republican states against the initiatives. This is just another another example of egregious government overstepping its constitutional capabilities and what it's there to do. I don't know if you remember back several years ago, the student loan operation was private. Banks and lending institutions were the ones that handled the whole process. The federal government didn't get involved at all. And somehow, all of a sudden, one day, Barack Obama and Joe Biden, as president and vice president, they decided, hey, we've got we've to forgive this student debt. Well, of course, there's no way. They couldn't go to these banks and say, you've got you've to cancel this debt. It'd get laughed at. So what did they do? They went to the banking system and said, look, we're going to take away all that angst that you have of managing this the federal government's going to buy all of that student loan debt. And they did. That's how we get to where we are now. You don't think for a second that the plan by Obama and Biden was to do that and then a few years later just come back and forgive all that student loan debt, use it for political purposes, come up before an election time and have that chit to give you a little more credibility in the election that was coming up, basically buying votes. But we can't call it that, forgiving debts, not buying votes, right? And they tell us, Joe tells us, Barack told us when he was president, they're governing for the blue-collar, white-collar working American families. That's who we're for. Let me ask you, did you borrow money to go to school? I didn't. We have people in our family that decided not to go to college and went right into the workforce because they didn't want to borrow the money. So now the government wants people that never borrowed a dime, people that sweated it, handled two or three jobs at a time to pay for their own student expenses going to college, they're going to thumb their noses as in the faces of those people and make them pay for other kids that didn't need to go to college maybe, or they could, but they just decided to go to college and party and rack up all that debt, now they want you to pay it back. I don't see this flying long term. I just don't see it happening. I really don't. What else is going on, Dan? We've got Dunstan Tao coming in in just a little bit. He's going to spend the second hour of the show today talking to us about crypto finance, FTX, and what's happened in cryptocurrency. And I think it's going to blow your mind when he gets here. Before he gets here, I wanted to let you listen to Kennedy on Fox Business break it down exactly what Dunstan's going to be talking to us about but Dunstan told me on the phone there's a lot more that goes along with this X debacle and a lot of people involved in it with some names we're all going to recognize and when we hear them we're going to go oh my gosh here's kennedy discussing it
6: Holy- Hot dogs, the spectacular collapse of one of the world's largest crypto exchanges is being called bigger than Enron, potentially ruining the lives of millions of people. Founder Sam Bankman, Bankman-Fried, oh good, he's just nasty. He uh, and such an asshat super douche, huge Democrat donor, reportedly holed up in the Bahamas. Lawmakers set to drag him in front of Congress next month to explain how his company lost billions of dollars and now a bunch of high-profile celebs, including handsome Tom Brady, Shaquille O'Neal, Larry David. They're all included in an $11 billion class action lawsuit for promoting the failed platform in primetime commercials. Earlier this year, Bankman Freed spoke to her own Liz claiming about regulations that may have prevented his company's collapse, and he was all for the regulations. What a tool. Watch.
5: What do you (laughs) anticipate will happen?
6: I'm optimistic that over the next year or so, we'll see some really substantial steps forward in the global regulatory environment and the U.S. regulatory environment for cryptocurrencies. Gosh, I wonder why he was donating to the party in power. That's so weird. Maybe so he'd have a bunch of friends in office when he got in trouble. Hell, I think a regulatory environment. eats sand, jerk. So how did this guy swindle so many people out of so much worth? Joining me now, chief Bitcoin historian at CoinGeek, Kurt Walker Jr. is in the house. Uh, so, Kurt, how did this happen? <sighs>
5: Well, unfortunately, Kennedy, it's a, a symptom of of a whole lot of things. Uh, I think this actually started a few months back when the 3AC uh, company collapsed. Uh, we've seen Celsius collapse. Uh, and now FTX is the biggest domino to fall. But mm. I think the real problem is that they're keeping money on each other's exchanges. And everybody's promising each other 10%, 15% yields on holding stable coins. And, and I think they're playing a lot of really crazy games. And uh, I actually think the worst of this news probably hasn't come out yet.
6: Oh, like what? Tell me everything. What do you know? What do you think you know?
5: <laughs> well, just based on all the players, some of the other people that are in the Bahamas, uh, there's Deltech Bank, there's Tether Corporation, uh, really the largest liquidity in the entire crypto economy are all tangled up here. Sam, Sam is not an anomaly. Sam ran the number two liquidity exchange on Earth. Uh, And and Binance took them down, but a a lot of people don't realize Binance also has gone offline a couple of times. When 3AC collapsed, Binance went down. Uh, Just today, we saw uh, Gemini's Earn platform, uh, as well as Genesis Trading, which is the largest lender in the space. Genesis is uh, one of those companies behind all the other companies do the same thing. They're saying, hey, we're, we're, we're going to take a little pause here. And that's that's really okay, concerning. So, so
6: what happens to these people who were at least theoretical billionaires for a while, including Sam, including CZ, including the Winklevii? What happens to their net worth? Does it evaporate? Uh, were they somehow insulated? Did they insulate each other secretly while grifting, you know, millions and billions of dollars from investors?
5: It it's possible I, I, we we think they're billionaires, but they're paper billionaires. Uh, we don't know that they ever actually had those billions of dollars in the first place. They were largely printing tokens out of thin air. Like the collapse at FTX came from the collapse of the FTT token. Yes. So this was money that they printed out of nowhere, and uh, then it wasn't worth anything. That that really shouldn't shock anybody.
6: So do you think when when Sam was appealing to CZ at Binance? Do you think he really thought that that other guy was going to help him because he really just kind of turfed him the second he got a chance?
5: It's it's hard to know. Uh, CZ has a little bit of that gangster vibe going on, and uh, it's it's hard to know how much power he actually has. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned the Winklevii. I actually think they're probably in the best position, given that they are a New York regulated exchange and they're probably forced to do things well. But when you're talking about CZ, that's a guy who's had his company in five jurisdictions over the last five years. And, you know, he's, he's running that company out of a bunch of hotel rooms and, and he's always somewhere new. So uh, it, it, it's really hard to know who's actually in charge. Are these people just Trying to stay $1 ahead of the feds? Yes, or, I mean, it, it sounds really like going it out? and,
6: and they'll, figure, they'll figure out an environment if, if they can hold on to enough money uh, to skirt their way out of these regulations and out of accountability. So what about average investors, you know, people who were just trying to get into crypto because they had never had a foot in finance before and they felt like it was a level playing field? What should they do?
5: Well, right now, I think they're probably going to luck out, given that some of the biggest names in the world, I mean, the Sequoia Capitals of the world, also got burned here. So yes. some of the best lawyers in the world are going to get hired to untangle this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mom and pop are probably going to get to uh, be part of a pretty nice class action. But all right. unfortunately, class action suits. Man, what are you getting? Ten cents on the dollar if you're lucky. So well, hopefully it really is just unfortunate. all these
6: people didn't lose everything. I know Tom Brady has a handsome payday, as handsome as his chin when he comes to Fox. (laughs) Kurt, thank you so much. Great talking to you. We'll talk again.
0: I I don't know about you. After listening to that and this expert explain exactly what happened, I still don't understand. Fundamentally, most people don't understand cryptocurrency world. I got to be honest with you. I know a little bit about it, but very little about it, but coming up in just a moment. You're going to hear from somebody that knows a lot about it. It's somebody that uh, I have a lot of faith and confidence in. Somebody that has been in the crypto world from the very beginning. He's actually from Singapore. He's a multi-billionaire himself. And he's going to be on this show live. He's a friend to this show. He's a friend of mine. And his name is Dunstan Teo. T-E-O. And guess what? Dunstan Teo will be with us right after this at TNN Live. Just because you think something's right, doesn't mean it's right. Just because you think something's wrong, doesn't mean it's wrong. But always get the truth about right and wrong here at TNN, the Truth News Network.
6: Does it matter to you that all our chefs are well-trained? Or that our kitchens are both SLSI and GMP certified. That we freshly bake goodies throughout the day. Well, it matters to us to know that your family will enjoy every
2: bite. At Keels, we're fresh because of what we do. But more than that, we're fresh because of you.
1: It's Super Salmon Days down at Fish Brothers. For a limited time, bring in any fish and get a child salmon entree free. You heard right, bring in any fish and get a free child salmon entree. And I mean any fish. Got a swordfish lying around? Bring it in. Got a goldfish you're sick of feeding? Bring it in. Got a fish that's been sitting in the sun for a few days? Bring it in! We'll throw it in with the rest of them. What we do with the fish is nobody's business but ours. Just enjoy your salmon, 8.99 with our famous stew. So, welcome on in to Fish Brothers seafood Theme restaurant, where everything's a great catch.
4: Except the shrimp.
0: On the phone with us now, Dunstan Tao. Dunstan is a good friend of mine personally. I know him professionally, and I've invited him to come on the show and break down exactly what's going on in crypto world. It's got a lot of Americans panicked about the industry, and it's not a bad place to go. Dunstan, welcome to the show. This is your third or fourth time to be with us. Tell us what's going on.
2: Well, thank you so much, Dan, for for inviting. Uh, it's always an honor to be here. Yeah, so, um, well, the whole thing uh, actually has, uh, has a very interesting slant to this. You know, the whole thing sounds less like a crypto thing, more like something in the story of James Bond, um, including politicians, <laughs> including heads of countries and so on. The whole thing is in a mess right now but the crypto space has always been the crypto space if we decide we want our sovereignty we can have our sovereignty but if we decide you know we want to support such players and this will be the result of you know supporting such players so so right now what's happening is that most of the people in the crypto space have put their crypto in centralized exchanges, have put their crypto in centralized lending platforms, and so on. And all of them, just like the banking industry, did the same thing. They took the collaterals, over-leveraged, lent it, or sent it, or invest in some other companies, creating a network where if one falls, all of them fall at the same time. So wow. this is exactly what happened. I mean, it, it's just like it's just like the Lehman Brother times. So the the so called leaders of the crypto space, which are many of the centralized exchanges like FTX and so on, they are the ones that created this whole contingent, and most of them don't even believe in the tenets of Bitcoin and and the original principles of the crypto space, which is decentralization, self-custody, giving back sovereignty to the people.
0: So what you're saying is this is not a crypto problem. This is a problem where these exchange groups have been very corruptly uh, negotiating with each other, and it's the groups, the exchanges are setting up loaning to each other and sometimes the loans are illegitimate not actually as they're purported to be anyway and when a crypto coin that's part of a centralized uh, uh, trading platform when it goes down it kind of begins the caving of a bunch of other ones going down because they're all hooked together through this loan agreement
2: yep so like say for example Like if we take FTX, for instance, they took the client's money. They took their, uh, like crypto is money. So they took their client's crypto, their money itself, lend it to their trading platforms, use the money as investments, even taking the money to buy property in Bahamas and other countries, using the money to, for their families. To buy property for their families, using the money as trading hedge, and even allowing their own trading fund to not get wrecked even if they make the wrong trades. So somebody has to pay for these.
0: Let me let me break it down for folks that are listening here and just make it sound super simple. It's almost like you go borrow a hundred dollars from somebody. And you take that $100 and they lend it to you because you told them you were going to invest it in a specific thing. And you don't necessarily do that, but you take that $100 and you use that $100 as collateral and you go borrow money for something from somebody else and they're telling you the same thing. And before long, you've got uh, a world of cards that when one of them falls it's gonna hurt
2: everybody that's involved in it. Yep, and the fact is the money that they first borrowed didn't even belong to them. It was the money that the people put in these financial institutes, in these crypto exchanges. It was the money that people put in the bank. So just like the Lehman Brothers situation, the banks didn't have most of the money that people put with them. FTX did the same thing. Most of the funds that was supposed to be the crypto investors' funds, the traders' funds and so on, most of the funds were not in the exchange. It was sent elsewhere. It was used for investments. It wasn't their own funds. It wasn't their revenue. It wasn't their profit. It It was the customer's funds. And they used it somewhere else. So if those investments fail, the exchange wouldn't have money or wouldn't have enough crypto to pass back to the, to the people who actually put their funds in FTX. And the worst is, instead of just doing investments and trading, they also made it political. They also invested in political campaigns. They went on to rent the Miami Stadium, hundreds of millions of dollars in the Miami stadium, which were not their money. They spent hundreds of millions of dollars buying properties across the world, including for their families, like their parents.
0: Is there any way that the people that had invested in uh, these exchanges and those that these people took their money and made these investments, and bought all this stuff. The original people, is there any recourse? Are they going to get any of that money back, or is it just gone?
2: Well, so this, I would say that there are recourse, and part of these recourse involves class action suit. Like the original OGATS, we suit the Japanese government and the Japanese regulator when they allowed the Mt. Gox, which is the first Bitcoin exchange, and they allowed the exchange to, for lack of a better word, to scam us and to take our Bitcoins away. They said, you know, it was a hack and so on, but those were internal. It wasn't an external hack. It was done by the internal team. So right now we are getting back the Bitcoins. It took many years, but we're getting back the Bitcoins that were in the exchange itself. Now that was the first Bitcoin exchange right now. The SEC said that they are coming in because, you know, they want to protect the, they want to protect the investors. They want to protect the retail, but you know, I'm going to, I'm going to call their bluff on this in this case, because they are not just not protecting the people. They are either actively gatekeeping people from their prosperity or, in this case, even worse, they are working with Sam. They are working with FTX.
0: They're working with FTX. How so?
2: So, so this is where the history of the creation of FTX would be interesting. I will not draw any conclusions. I'll allow the audience to draw their own conclusions. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I, I know what
0: you're doing. <laughs> uh, I, I let me just let me just tell the people that are listening in. You and I had this this conversation, and I told you, look, we're we're in a situation. This is a streaming radio show. Uh, the FCC does not have any say. So there's, I I want you to be comfortable to name names. Give us specifics because people that are listening, many of are people who have bought crypto for the very first time and have been part of what and are part of what you and I are involved in and some other things. And I want them to understand this is not about cryptocurrency being evil. It's about people being evil. So why don't you just launch into telling us the history of this FTX thing and and how we got to where we are.
2: Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna add a bit more to what you just said. Man. Okay, it's not just about people being evil; it's about world leaders being evil right now, which is as bad as it can get. So, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with Sam, the the founder and the creator of FTX and his family, Okay. and how somebody like him raised so much capital to create FTX and how many of the major funds on earth, many of the major investment funds like the Tomasic holding of Singapore and so on invested in him. It's not him being eloquent. He's not eloquent. (laughs) He's not just look at him on YouTube, (laughs) listen to the podcast and, You know it's not about him being convincing or eloquent. But take a look. We now have Sam bankman fried His mom works for the Clinton Foundation, including his brother. That's the first thing. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) The CEO of FTX is the daughter of an MIT professor who is the best friend of the head of the SEC.
0: That doesn't sound very good
2: to me. It doesn't, and it gets worse. Okay. Funds from the, from the FTX treasury were used to lobby the SEC to work against the crypto companies, which was the reason why when, when the head of Binance, which is CZ, heard about it, he was pissed. And he spread it out in public what was done. Where Sam Bankman fried Actually lobbied the SEC against the industry that he was in, why would he do that? Because he was never for crypto. he was always for Fiat and he was always working as an agent of the SEC as an agent for the political powers.
0: This is uncanny. I mean, this may be the biggest financial fraud in world history.
2: It is. And interestingly, looking at the money flow, look at the funds that went from the exchange and to which administration did he fund during the campaign. Well, you and
0: I know the answer to that. was a Democrat administration.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. They funded the the Biden campaign. He was the third or second largest funder in the campaign.
0: Okay. I'm, now, i my wheels my this. my wheels are turning <laughs> as you're telling me this. I'm thinking about things that happened. This this is this is amazing, Dunstan. It explains a lot. It, it, it gives me kind of assurance that some of the things I thought just didn't seem right, I'm beginning to understand why they don't seem right. They weren't
2: right. Keep, please, please
0: keep going on.
2: And then, you know, we, we know people like like George Soros, the World Economic Forum and so on, and you know how evil they are. Yes. Now, what what is going on is they have connections together. In, vo- in fact, the FTX was actually one of the sponsors of the World Economic Forum. One of the main sponsors. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, the and this is just the tip of the iceberg. A couple of other a couple of other nasty stuff will be this. The current administration, I don't want to say which administration, but everybody knows what I'm talking about. The current administration used FTX to send funds to the Ukrainian war situation. I call it a war campaign.
0: No, wait a minute. None. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. minute. The administration used FTX, an exchange that is not a good a crypto exchange. Yeah, crypto exchange.
2: Not uh, not even you know any of the other financial institutes like you know the traditional ones and so on. So where, most of the funds were sent to FTX
0: where, to Ukraine. Where did this this money that was used by the administration to send to put it in crypto to send it to Ukraine? Where did that come from? Is that taxpayer money?
2: Well, I wouldn't directly say that it's taxpayer money. I'm quite sure that we can all draw our parallels and we can all ask the correct questions until the truth comes to light. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm laughing, but I'm, I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because we're discovering something that makes too much sense. And the
2: fact that it does is scary. And it's not in millions of dollars. It's in billions of dollars. So
0: let me ask you. In fact, he was
2: also working. Yeah, in fact, he was also working with the people who were trying to replace crypto with central bank digital currencies.
0: Which is one thing the United States government is in the process of doing.
2: Yep. So, we don't need to ask too much questions regarding all these when part by part these are coming out to light.
0: oh my gosh. so let me let me just kind of back up and and um, the United States government has announced numerous times over the last six months. The Biden administration is sending billions of dollars to Ukraine, more billions of dollars to Ukraine, more billions to Ukraine. Most of it is not going like in direct funds, but they're sending military equipment, uh, planes, uh, weapons, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. H- are you saying that this money, this that uh, gets it, it's turned to crypto? but it starts somewhere in fiat dollars that's all the US all right. government has those fiat dollars instead of going directly to Ukraine were being and I'm trying to be care I, I it, you know again I'm not afraid of anybody <laughs> listening in you know exactly the question I'm going to ask is it
2: it the- goes to FTX what
0: <laughs> oh <my> god <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Uh, so, we've got George Soros. He's involved in it. World Economic Forum. Yes. Um, we have, I'll just say this. We've got the Obama-Biden people involved in it.
2: The Clintons. And we have the Clintons involved in it. Yep. And interestingly, Sam's mom... And his brother just stepped down from working for the Clintons.
0: <laughs> I wonder <laughs> why. I
2: wonder why. I don't know, man. But I'm expecting. Um, I'm expecting some people to be put in jail in a high security prison, and yet they will be able to kill themselves in the high security prison.
0: <sighs> okay, keep going. I know that we're not
2: done yet. Keep going. So then SEN has consistently been been applauded by people like Klaus Schwabs, which is, you know, part of the World Economic Forum. Yes. Caroline Caroline Allison, who's the daughter of Glenn Allison. Now, Glenn Ellison, the former boss of the current SEC chairman while he was a professor in MIT. Okay. So, Caroline Ellison's dad was the former boss of the SEC chairman. Hmm. Now, Including conversations that they had with FTX, there was a non-action. I cannot use the word bill, but there was a non-action. Uh, there was a non-action contract. I don't know what word to use. Document where it states that the SEC will not act on FTX.
0: The SEC is not going to do anything regarding FTX.
2: Correct. There was a non-action clause in the document that was signed with FTX.
0: Okay, who signed that document?
2: Well, based on connections, uh, it looks like it was done by the current SEC chairman, oh Gary Gary Gensler.
0: Let, let me just let me just ask you a, a global question about all this. The FTX operation, all the people that are implicated or being as being a part of it, is this an effort to destroy cryptocurrency and to make us stay economically a fiat operation? Is that what this is about?
2: Okay, I would not go as far to say that, but based on the different people that were involved. They all have their own underlying motives and necessity in their principles as to what they want to achieve. Now, obviously, the SEC doesn't want crypto to succeed. Obviously. But yet, the SEC, who was supporting a new crypto company, which came up in the last four years, and weirdly enough, this New crypto company raised billions of dollars, became one of the largest crypto exchanges in the world with tons of liquidity that came from all over the place, including investment funds of countries. Having ties with some of the major political families on earth, including the SEC, including the MIT. And then yet we have... That new exchange being used by an administration to send funds over to Ukraine where now we don't know what the funds are used for, where the funds are gone, whose hands the funds are redistributed to. None of these are open to the public or even to, uh, or even to accounts and audits. Why? Because even internally within the FTX ecosystem, everything is run like a black box to the point where backdoors were created where even the trades of Alameda Capital, which is they say that is a is a separate trading, but both of it is owned by Sam. If they if their trades didn't work their their trades were not called on which means that they could over leverage make a bad call and yet the exchange will not liquidate that call so
0: it's just something that they tell us it's there but it's air there's nothing there's nothing there
2: there's nothing there
0: I got to be honest with you, Dunstan. This is blowing my mind.
2: It should And this is not crypto. Yeah, I understand. If you put the whole thing together, which one of these was supported by the old guards in the crypto space, was supported by the Bitcoin maximalists? which one of these was actually crypto? It wasn't. It is exactly the same that was done during the layman times.
0: And they're just using crypto as kind of like a secret vehicle, but it's not cryptocurrency itself. It's these fake trading platforms that have used it to manipulate and manipulate fiat dollars out of thin air.
2: Am I wrong? Yes. You are correct. And who were the supporters and the owners of these? The political families. It's unbelievable. Why should- how is this mainstream crypto? How is this, you, you know, like small startups? And how is this decentralization? None of these are the tenets of crypto
0: no it's it's the way the fiat economy operates and has forever
2: correct and and bringing powerful people into our space and then doing the same thing again and if something goes wrong all they're going to say is you know crypto is a scam crypto is bad but yet we have a non action clause by the sec on an exchange that just took away billions of dollars from people and instead of running a proper business, they took the funds, took it to Ukraine. They took the funds, bought a a number of property for themselves, have global parties that were millions of dollars each party. Do you know that even has a meal, they spend close to two to five thousand dollars every. Mew.
0: Oh my gosh. And uh, p- good paying taxpayers, um mom and pops that did what they did in good faith, and they 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 invested in, in crypto in crypto, but they were taken advantage of by people that took advantage of cryptocurrency itself.
2: Yes, but remember, even in my first chat with you, I talked about sovereignty and I talked about how important for them to keep their cryptocurrencies out of the exchange. Yes, you Only do. when they want to trade, then they put it back on. The moment they finish trading, they take it off.
0: For those that are listening in on the show and are new to the understanding of cryptocurrency, to invest in crypto, you have to create a wallet. And that wallet belongs exclusively to you and no one can access your wallet, any of the crypto that you purchase and put in your wallet, nobody can access it without your expressed uh, agreement. And you have to initiate any transaction where you move crypto out of your wallet to someone else and so these exchanges basically they're 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 advertising themselves as being the place where you trade like the stock market and you you give that exchange or you deposit that exchange your cryptocurrency and it stays in there for you to trade as part of that exchange. And they instead of doing what they're telling you they're doing with your crypto, they're using it for personal gain and for political gain using your cryptocurrency. And you think it's still within that exchange where you put it.
2: Did I get that right? Isn't that, that the same as the bank's? You pass your money to the bank. You literally signed off your ownership of your money in the bank. They take your money. Use it for other purposes. And the banks only need to keep 20% of the money in the bank.
0: So it's like nothing's changed. It's the same operation financially as we've been part of for decades. Fiat there's there's but net-
2: not all correct but not all crypto companies are like that
0: oh no i i understand it's not the companies it's it was the these exchanges it was the
2: people yeah and 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 you see even there are certain exchanges they are not like that they don't take you know the customers money to do stuff like this there are exchanges like that so it's not all exchanges so i need the audience to know is not you know all the exchanges in the crypto space are going to be like that. Who can we trust? Like those. Who can we trust? What, what, so that's the thing. Think of it right now has a series of shaking, shaking away weak foundations, and then where the truth comes to light, nothing will be hidden. Anything that was wrong there was bad behavior in the crypto space are going to be shaken and brought all the way out into the light. Because crypto is the last place for all the shenanigans that were happening in the financial world, whether or not it's in commodities, currencies, the banking system, and so on. Nothing in crypto can be hidden for long. No matter, you know, how they say, you know, we are shady, we sh- shadowy thing. We are shady, you know, everything is encrypted. Therefore, nobody knows what's going on. Look at it. The Lehman Brothers took how long? The banking system took how long before the entire Lehman Brothers situation happened? It took 20 years. But in crypto, it took four <laughs> Much quicker and many of the th- yes and many of the things in the in the layman situation are still hidden but whatever FTX did everything is coming to light including their political alliances and so on where they send their funds what they did with the funds who, who were involved who sent funds to them and so on because why everything is on the ledger and even if they have like back-end systems like in FTX there are back-end systems where SAM can just override all audits and just take the funds to do whatever he wants to do with it in his exchange.
0: There's no regulation. There's nobody that is looking in to make sure any transactions that this exchange does are legitimate or not. There's no accountability right. whatsoever.
2: There's no accountability, and obviously he believes that there will there will be no need for accountability because of the people that were behind him. Wow! I guess
0: when you uh, when you deal personally in business with the most powerful people on the planet, and they get the Securities and Exchange Commission to in writing indemnify you against any recourse whatsoever, I guess you pretty much feel like you can do anything you want to do.
2: Right. I mean, he just destroyed millions of people, just took away so much of their funds, used it for himself, his family and his friends and his cronies. But yet the New York Times is still putting him on stage, letting him speak to people, and he's still not in jail.
0: Is anything going to happen there?
2: I believe so, but the actions will be extreme. Now explain that, please. So, remember, people tend to disappear when they are not needed. Okay. Or people tend to be in high-security prisons and they could kill themselves. I understand buildings buildings where children where family of certain individuals can be demolished with thousands of citizens in. Wow. Th- things will happen.
0: What we say in the southern part of the United States is um, they got suicided.
2: Yes, <laughs> that's the best word. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So, um, and then because he was the only person that was controlling the money flow, yes, or knew most of the things that were happening to where the money came from, where the money goes to, it might all disappear with him and his family.
0: So I would say it would not be a really good thing to be spending a lot of face time in the presence of one Sam, because no, you wouldn't. His uh, his time is numbered.
2: Well, it could be, yeah. Or so, he hopes, or his family believes that they are so connected and influential that nothing will happen to them. Where is he from? From the United States. Do you know
0: where in the United States? I haven't heard anybody say. Right now?
2: Yeah, so um, right now he's staying in the Bahamas.
0: Yeah, but his family, isn't it, his family's from the U.S.
2: Yes, his family is from the U.S. Okay,
0: so they're American citizens. They Um, are. But that really well, you you
2: can be an you can not be an american citizen and work for the clintons
0: you can't be or you
2: can be so taking a look at taking a look at the uh the campaign the campaigns uh, that were done by the clintons all of them were done by american citizens
0: okay So where does this leave us when we're looking at getting, getting an understanding of crypto and how to safely get involved?
2: Okay. Crypto was actually always safe for the people if they follow the principles of crypto. The principles of crypto are self-sovereignty, decentralization, and inclusion. The thing about the blockchain space about crypto is that everyone can freely participate. There are no there should be no gatekeeping. And everyone can be involved. I mean, of course, it's a double edged sword, right? It also means that people like the SEC, people like um people like certain administrations, certain families themselves can also be involved. But it also means the retail can be involved. So there's no gatekeeping in crypto. But importantly, everybody needs to know why we believe in self-custody, why we believe in self-sovereignty. Because we believe that the wealth, the time that we spend, the value that we spend to create in our lives should be for us, our families, and our network. So we believe in self-sovereignty, but in order to have self-sovereignty, we need to be, we need to have some level of sacrifice. Like we sacrifice some level of convenience, we sacrifice some level of so-called being part of this world in that sense, which is why we always believe that your own crypto should be kept in your own self-custody wallets when you want to buy from somewhere after you buy it take it out from the platform you see it's one extra step that most people find inconvenient to take but that one extra step creates or helps to protect the person's the individual's sovereignty that's
0: a good reasoning process to go through when we look at how um how bad the fiat economic system is right now. Nobody knows where to put their money. Nobody knows who to trust. Banks are beginning to come in and grab people's accounts, and they don't even have to give explanations for it.
2: Correct. They just say, you know, you don't pass compliance or this. We have to freeze our accounts or whatever. But, you know, for a normal retail person, if most of their funds are in that bank account, and if the bank frees it, their family might starve. Or they might be forced to take loans which they didn't need to take in the beginning. And where do they take loans from? They take loans from banks.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. So once again, you talked to us last time about this. If uh, if I'm, I'm, I'm a father and I have, say, two or three young children and I'm a working man, my wife is a worker, and uh, we're middle-class Americans. We need, more importantly than uh, want, we need to make sure that we become sovereign with our own uh, assets, our money. Yes. Where, do, where do we go to do that?
2: Well, which is why I say, you know, other than the cash flow that we need, the money, some of the other funds that we have, we should put it in crypto, we should put it in Bitcoin, we should put it in other cryptocurrencies that that not all cryptocurrencies will give sovereignty back to the people. so they need to you know they need to look, do their own research and ask experts. most of them aren't. Most of them you know are part of games. most of them are part of Uh, Most of them are part of like maybe some app or whatever. So not all of them will bring them, will give them back their sovereignty. But for the major ones, um, what they do is they take, they buy those crypto, put it in their crypto wallets. That will start their journey into bringing sovereignty back to themselves and their families, especially to their children.
0: How do how do we know which ones which currencies will bring our sovereignty back that it's that it's ours and it's protected? Basically nobody can mess with it because it is ours. It's, it's in our wallet. How do we know which ones to get involved with?
2: So number one definitely will be Bitcoin. Another one that I endorse, although I'm not gonna say, you know, it's gonna be financial advice and so on, will be one of my portfolios. Remember, it is one of my portfolios. <laughs> you have so many. I just need to be very clear. I have many. So uh, they could they could check out me on Google, uh, look at some of my videos, also check through some of my history, and they know that I have many portfolios. So this is one of them. Would be Philcoin itself. Because Philcoin was made to bring sovereignty back to the people to the point where even the wallet itself Is non-custodial. We can't take anything from your wallet. We can only put it in. We can only give to you, but we can't take from you.
0: And I want to be honest with people listening in. I have a Philcoin wallet. I personally have uh, invested in Philcoin, P-H-I-L-C-O-I-N, Philcoin. And it's P-H-L is the symbol for Philcoin. Now, we don't deal Philcoin. We don't deal with an exchange. We don't deal with FTX or anybody like that. We buy it. It's in our wallet. And this this is good, but it's bad. Once you create a wallet and you put something in it, if you lose access to your wallet, for instance, Philcoin, the company, if you lose access to your wallet, they
2: can't. can do anything for you. Nothing can be done for you.
0: It's all yours. Yeah.
2: It's, it's so. So this is <laughs> so. This is a personal story that happened to me and my network. Uh, one of my one of my friends, uh, who's one of one of our wealth managers, <laughs> he bought some coins. and then he didn't he didn't write down his. 12-word seed phrase somewhere and kept it somewhere safe. And one day, he was um, helping his, well, he went to help his mom. And then, you know, he was using a tractor and his phone fell. And it got crushed by the tractor. Then he came and asked us, you know, is there anything that we can do? I say, you know, you're a wealth manager. You have done so much for us, but there is nothing I can do in this case because I have no access to your account at all.
0: I'll tell you a personal story. Shortly after I invested in Philcoin, I had written down those 12 words that you get that is a locked way for you to make sure that you're the only person that has access to it. And our mutual friend, and I won't mention his whole name, but it's Rich. Uh, Rich had instructed (laughs) me, and I wrote it down. I wrote them all down. And then I kept it, obviously, on my phone. Well, I went, I got, uh, every, every once in a while when you're in the Philcoin app for your security purposes, it will ask you to reauthorize. In other words, you go back to your basic account and to make sure it's you that's trying to do it, You've got to input those 12 words. And I couldn't find it on my phone. And I forgot where I put the 12 words. And I called Rich in a panic. And he said, oh, my gosh. He said, Dan, there's nothing that I can do. And I said, well, would you reach out to Dunstan or somebody else? And he said, there's nothing they can do. And then I remembered I did what I was supposed to do. I put it in my safe, <laughs> and I, oh, for- I forgot I put God. it in my safe. So it scared me to death. But what that means, folks, is it protects your sovereignty of your money. It's yours. Nobody can do anything with it. Nobody can access it. Nobody can get in your account. The banks can't get in your in your crypto account. It belongs to you, and unless and until you give someone authorization or you send it to them. And when you transact, what happens is you send from your Bitcoin account tokens, but they don't know anything about your account that it comes from. It just gets to them. When it goes to their wallet, it's assigned a new transaction number. And that makes it so safe there's never been anything as secure in the financial world as is cryptocurrency. Did I get that right?
2: Definitely, then. <laughs> and the fact is, you made it so simple and so clear-cut to the people, and that's important because most of most of the people who are in cryptocurrencies, they tend to convolute stuff to to. Tell people that they know more than others and they are experts, and therefore listen to them.
0: Well, that's what personal sovereignty is all about. You don't have to listen mm-hmm. to anyone else. Yes. So if I want to buy, if I want to buy another cryptocurrency
2: out of my you wallet, can I can do that. Yes, and, and no- people can't stop you. And even if they try to stop you, all you need to do is to use a VPN. You can create like, you know, accounts yeah. in other countries and so on, yeah. and then you can still buy crypto. If not, you can even buy it directly from somebody else who has a crypto that you want. Like say for example, I was in Dubai and there was one of the crypto that I wanted that was in uh that was in a small exchange that I didn't want to create an account for. So I found a person who actually has some of those crypto and he said, you know, okay, I will, I will pass you and I will sell you some of these crypto. And I bought it directly from an individual. So it's peer to peer.
0: That's just too simple.
2: It is because we go back to the roots of the roots of self sovereignty. In order to be sovereign in terms of your wealth, You have to make sure that other people don't have access or do not know how much wealth you have and are not able to stop your transactions. These are the two main important things to wealth sovereignty. And crypto does that for people. People don't know how much I have. And even if I want to transact, no matter how small or how big the amount, nobody can stop me from transacting with whoever I want to transact with.
0: So, I want to buy Philcoin. How do I buy Philcoin?
2: Ah, uh, so Philcoin, we made it easy because we are not just on exchanges. Remember, we are also part of the ecosystem. We also want to support the entire ecosystem itself. So, we are also on centralized exchanges, but we are also on decentralized exchanges, as shown in our website. We also ha- have partnerships with credit card companies where people can use their credit card to buy coin directly. And of course, people who know us, they can come directly in contact with us to get it directly from the treasury. But that will be more of a B2B um, transaction than a B2C transaction.
0: Okay, so you gotta go to the Philcoin website if you wanna get more information about that.
2: Yeah, download the app itself uh, interestingly enough, our our app download has been increasing daily. Um, we haven't done much marketing, PR, and promotion on it.
0: I can vouch for it. I can tell you this: it's not really simple. Cryptocurrency is not like going to a bank and them doing all the stuff for your account and setting it up. You you need to learn a little bit about cryptocurrency. And there are great resources to go to to learn about it, but don't let anyone convince you that you've got to rely on them. They're the experts. Don't do that. Find a source that you trust. Go to a play place like download the Philcoin app, and then read all of the content that's there and the instructions. And if you have questions, ask somebody. Ask somebody that's in the business. But don't ask them and expect them to do anything and everything for you. You need to protect your own sovereignty, your own financial sovereignty. And it begins with you keeping control of where all your financial resources are. You don't need somebody else to keep it for you. Keep it in your wallet. No matter what crypto you buy, keep it in your wallet. That's a great starting place. Dunstan, listen, I really, really thank you for coming and sharing with us again today. Uh, every time you come, I learn more about cryptocurrency. And when the FTX thing was announced, I know that there are people out there that just shook their head and said, see, we knew cryptocurrency was a fraud, and this, this explains it. You give your money to somebody, and whether they call it crypto or a bank account, they can access it and steal it from you so crypto's not safe. Instead of that, we find out it wasn't cryptocurrency. It was the people that got in that business, created that exchange and other exchanges, and took advantage of that. And they did it inside the guise of cryptocurrency, and they manipulated people to do it. That's exactly what we needed to learn from you today and I want to thank you for that. I won't mention the names that you <laughs> you shared with us. But but it it you know it shocked me that it happened the way that it had happened but then when I found out it happened and you told us the names I was like, "Oh my gosh, I shouldn't be surprised."
2: <laughs> There's Look, no
0: surprise, right? Yeah, listen my friend, you are uh You're welcome to come anytime if you have something at any point you want to share with our audience. uh, Our audience is from pretty much every background. We have people listening in from other countries now. Please feel free. Just give me a call, and we'll put you right up on the air anytime.
2: Awesome. I'll definitely be on it, Dan.
0: I can't wait to speak to you again, buddy.
2: Yeah. Have a great time. God bless.
0: You too. Thank you, Dunstan. Thank you, Dan. Dunstan Teo. My gosh. I learned a lot. Some of what I learned's kind of spooky, as a matter of fact. When playing football,
4: you run up to 120 pitches. You work out 650 muscles.
2: You withstand three times your body weight. You treble your adrenaline production. You raise your heartbeat to 180 times per minute. And in the end you lose up to three liters of sweat for one goal. This game is not a game. Gatorade works with no artificial colors or sweeteners.
6: Starbucks Via Instant is made with the same 100% Arabica beans served at Starbucks. So it's the only instant with the rich, delicious taste of the Starbucks coffees you love? and takes only seconds to make Starbucks Via Instant the only instant coffee of its kind available in black flavored lattes and iced coffee
5: Hi, Tom Bodette, quote, checking in on my smartphone. Everyone's checking in nowadays, at airports, restaurants, appointments with certain medical specialists. Seriously, people, TMI. Anyway, thanks to the Motel 6 mobile app, you can book a clean, comfortable room at Motel 6 on your smartphone and get a great rate. Then, when you get to Motel 6, you can check in. After you check in, your friends will be totes jealous. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you.
0: You know, that whole conversation with Dunstan Teo there, it opened my eyes about a lot of things. And it opened my eyes about something that I just thought of during that last break, talking about what we uh, discussed earlier the White House, uh, Admiral Kirby coming out and answering questions about what is going on in China, where Apple is coordinating with the Chinese government to egregiously take away the communication rights between individuals, those Chinese that are using their air, uh, what's it called? Um, it's it's where you have an iPhone and you can communicate with other iPhones. It's not AirCloud. But you know what I'm talking about, communicating phone to phone, taking that away. And the Biden administration will not come out in support of the free speech rights of these Chinese people. And Kirby, again and again and again, would not do it. When it's happening, leaders of other free countries around the world are supporting. They're coming out and saying, we stand with the people, the Chinese people over there. Now, there's kind of a conundrum them saying that it's okay. He was asked specifically about Apple this morning and he said, look, Apple is a sovereign uh, company of its own. Apple's going to do what Apple wants to do and the federal government's not going to step in and do it. Um, What the heck are they threatening then to do to Twitter for? They're threatening to shut down Twitter conversation that is considered by the government to be dangerous or to be misinformation, that's their favorite term when they start talking about taking on the First Amendment. They don't want to say it's taking on free speech. Yeah, Mike Stevens just notified me when I'm trying to think the term I was trying to use was airdrop. Um, they can't use airdrop to communicate. These protesters can't because... The Chinese government talked Apple into shutting it down. In the United States, that's supposed to be illegal because the government, according to the First Amendment, have you read the First Amendment lately? Let's look it up real quick. Let's look it up real quick. The First Amendment. It'll just take me a second. I was looking at it before we went live on the air, as a matter of fact. It's something that every once in a while... um, we americans need to go back to because those the whole constitution but especially those first 10 amendments the bill of rights it's important for us to remember here's what it says let me see let me see i hate drop downs when you pull something up first amendment the first amendment of the united states And I also hate when you go to a website, you're looking for the context of the First Amendment and what pops up when you hit it. It's somebody's analysis of the First Amendment. I'm going to read it to you. I'm on my third site now. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. I'll read it again. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or or of the press. In other words, Congress cannot do what Congress is threatening to do to Twitter. Isn't it interesting when you begin to seek facts? You hear somebody say this or say that, we're the government, we can do this, and we're gonna stop misinformation. Evil conversations. We're going to stop it because we've got to. We're the government. Sounds kind of like communist China, doesn't it?
7: We'll see you tomorrow, folks.
0: Love.
3: For the second show, your guitar it sounds so sweet and clear, but you're not really, it's just the rain.